0: Oxford from the inside, the good, the bad, but always the truth.
1: Hey guys, welcome to Oxford from the inside, the good, the bad, but always the truth. Today we're joined by Marnie and Megan. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves?
2: Hi, I'm Marnie. Um, I study at Trinity and I'm going into my third year um,
0: studying English. Hi, I'm Megan. Um, I'm also at Trinity and I'm going into third year doing chemistry.
1: Nice. <clears throat> so today um, we're going to be talking about how to manage uh, the Oxford workload. Um, quite a big topic. Um, so first question, uh, starting off, uh, how much workload does the average uh, undergraduate at Oxford have, would you guys say, uh, starting with Megan?
0: Um... It kind of depends on what subject you do, um, which I'm sure we'll get on to, but um, it's kind of, it would be around 40 hours a week. So it's kind of like a full working week.
1: Yeah. Marnie, would you agree?
2: Yeah, I think complete agreement. I'd say, like, obviously, some weeks a bit heavier than others. Like, maybe if you've got like tighter deadlines or kind of mm. there's something that you're really, really passionate about that you really want to focus um, an extra bit of time on, like in terms of different topics or kind of um, ideas. But yeah, very generally 40 hours a week for um, eight week term.
1: Yeah, and that's a good point actually about the deadlines because I know from when me and Megan do chemistry. <laughs> Uh, some weeks we'll have more deadlines and like we have like three pieces of work due, and then the, the next week mm. it might be one just for whatever reason if the tutor has to delay something and I think it can be the same uh, for essay subjects just like it not being evenly spread all the time is that the case Marnie?
2: Yeah completely and I think that's when sometimes it's quite nice knowing you'll have a breather maybe a bit like the week afterwards and then it will just be kind of like um, charging and like full speed ahead just for one week so it's interesting yeah I say it does average out to that 40 hours but yeah there'll be some weeks where you're going to have to be a bit more willing to like push a little further but it's all nice because you know just kind of the week afterwards you can of it a bit more tranquil um so it does it's mm. nice reward at the end of it though
1: yeah no there's definitely a feeling of sometimes when you've got quite a lot of work that one week that you're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and you know that next week <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that next week is going to be more chill but you've just got to get this done now um no that's that's definitely a nostalgic feeling um <clears throat> so um in what ways um do you guys um get time off work um and how does that help um in managing uh, your workload uh, starting with money?
2: um so I play the French horn in um, the New orchestra and also play kind of several sports so I think I've made all that well I think most of my rehearsals and kind of training times are always in the evening anyway so it's quite nice to be able to know that I have to start work at like Six and I have to kind of then take time out to kind of like have dinner and relax and then kind of do what I've got to do. So that's how I kind of it's quite motivating as well having a day knowing that like I can really kind of push myself to get my work done and then have that evening off. Um, and I say like sports is obviously really good, to kind of like doing something completely different. Like obviously very like kind of intellectually and like mentally challenging throughout the day, but then I can like change to the physical in the evening. Um, I kind of just get tired in a slightly different way, and then I think orchestra is nice because it's that creative outlet mm. so I said taking to work both kind of different physical also creative ways in which to kind of not necessarily distract from the work so I think it was quite nice that work is with a nice thread throughout the whole week so it's not completely forgetting about it but it is nice to just kind of absorb yourself in something completely different um so I say taking time off through extracurriculars is quite an important um thing for me but then also just like kind of uh maybe going out for dinner seeing particular people that maybe if you're not working with them during the day it's quite nice to then like take that time out in the evening to like um spend time with people that you don't normally get the opportunity to during the day
1: oh uh-huh, nice yeah i think there's like three really good uh things that you highlighted there like social creative and um physical like sport exercise outlets um that it's like as if that are like really good that that then help you have like more energy when you go back to work for sure <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: completely. Um, And I think a lot of people talk about like having like a social outlet um, in the evenings, but there are uh, there are definitely other things that lots of people can do um, that doesn't have to always be social. That also doesn't have to be um, doesn't have to be work. Like you were saying with um, doing exercise um, and uh, uh, playing the French horn, etc. Megan,
2: yeah,
1: Yeah, go for it. Sorry.
2: (laughs) Oh, sorry, and just because those there's, there's also quite social as well. So even though obviously it's not like 100%, you just know that's like deliberately a social activity. It, you still get mm. to see like people that aren't in your college and maybe like completely different year groups and like different, completely different subjects as well. So yeah, it's a mm. nice kind of marriage of kind of the social, but also yeah, creative or physical. Um,
1: yeah, I just thought of another thing as well. Um, a nice thing that's also social, but, um, but also like something that everyone does every day is... Um, going to hall um for lunch um because um you're like you'd go to hall and like and there's so many people that you can just like have your meal with and have to have a chat to it's like your 20 minute break from work sometimes a bit more than 20 minutes <laughs> um but yeah like to, yeah so you, you, there's a there's always a common theme of people like not wanting to go back or well, not always but you know you've got work to do but you're having such a great time talking to your friends um and it's great to have that like every every afternoon and uh, evening and sometimes morning as well you go to school so um uh Megan uh how would you um how do you um, spend time off uh, doing chemistry and how does that help with the managing the workloads?
0: I definitely go with what Marnie said is that it's like really important to have other outlets so I'm in the college choir Um, and that's like rehearsals every week and then um a service every week and that is also social but it's so important to just have a few hours where you don't need to be thinking about your work you're not engaging in your work you do something completely different completely creative um and it's so important to have that outlet and definitely also just like even if you're not big into sports or big into exercise, I, I don't really do any sports. Um, I just go for walks. There are so many really, really nice, like green spaces in Oxford, like Uni Parks, Port Meadow, um, and just be able to get out of your head and just not not put pressure on yourself to be working 24 um, <coughs> seven. Completely clear your mind and like take the pressure off a bit so that when you do need to do work,
1: you can, like, go all in. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's actually a massive thing that I hadn't thought of. But, like, it's so so heavily be- packed by, like, all, like, welfare resources, like, psychology, mm-hmm. that how um, going for a walk as, like, a regular routine mm-hmm. is, like, so good for your mental health. Um, and just, like, in general stress, if you're stressed about work, trying to, like, uh, you've got a lot of work, going for a, a walk, um, it really does definitely does help clear your head, for sure. Um mm-hmm.
0: Definitely, I would also say, like, rely on each other. So there's been a lot of times that I've been super stressed and you can just message a friend and go for a walk with them, go around for a cup Mm -hmm. of tea, just have, like, a half an hour, hour chat. And, yeah, I wouldn't have made it through if I couldn't do that. Yeah.
1: And um, and also, um, there's something about nature as well, as you are saying, about the university parks. I mean, the the buildings are also beautiful at Oxford, but something about nature that really does just sort of is quite calming i can't really explain it but i think that's quite universal yeah. universal feeling um and the thing that you were saying about um just like some sort of exercise i i found that when i would be going to the gym or um playing like lots of badminton um that if i felt even though like physically i felt like ex- like tired from like doing sport but I also felt very energetic because I would just like cool. done some fresh sport, and um, and like I feel like if you feel like physically confident and like body confident that you've like oh like, today is a good day I've done some exercise then it also makes you feel more confident when you go to do your work. Whereas like compared to a different day where say like I haven't done anything throughout the day and I have just sort of been procrastinating over one piece of work, you do sort of feel a bit. A little bit sluggish and like yeah. as um yeah uh, uh, two good points <clears throat> um so moving on to the next question uh this is one for you Marnie um how many essays um <clears throat> does like the average either English or humanities student uh, get per term would you say? Hmm.
2: So I'd say even maybe like one to two a week but then sometimes a little bit more so it depends on you kind of have maybe For most humanities you'll have your kind of standard maybe 1,500, 2,000 word essays and you generally get one of those a week but then you can have kind of... So I know for English as well as languages you can get kind of commentaries which are a lot shorter. So those are kind of smaller essays maybe kind of a 1,000 words but you can have a few of those kind of scattered throughout terms. So I'd say like anything between like 8 to 12 essays seems to be quite normal. I'd say English always seems to be like maybe like bang on in the middle like 10 seems to be the norm. So yeah, I'd say that's kind of don't want to speak for every um, mm. single humanities but I'd say that's kind of roughly it and obviously I think there are just as <clears throat> I was saying before like there are some terms that you might just have a bit more in terms of kind of the deadlines and you might have to push a bit more to get content finished so you might kind of step into like 12 maybe even like 13 14 because um, we do also get essays set over um, the vac. so mm. during the holidays there's always going to be maybe normally at least two essays to get done and then that kind of still um, adds up to I suppose the overall kind of essay load over term kind of like it still kind of contributes to that. So Yeah, I'd say around kind of just um, Skimming into double digits or like mm. um, you'll get solidly into ten essays a term I think
1: and um, So like for someone who like doesn't know like how long an essay takes like how long does an essay take? Mm-hmm. Um, roughly <laughs>
2: Hmm again it just really depends i think sometimes on the resources that are available but then saying that i think oxford literally has like any book kind of under the sun you can get but obviously sometimes other people are taking out that book and it might you might just be a little bit behind in terms of like um organizing when you need to take that book out and seeing where else it's available
0: Mm.
2: because obviously like in the library and if that book's kind of out of that library it's quite difficult to get sometimes but um so taking that into account as well as it's like general reading time linking time like you're talking maybe like kind of three days normally I'd say I'd put into an essay Um, very kind of like one day kind of doing lots of reading the second day tailing off that kind of critical reading planning the essay starting to write it and the third day like writing it and like going over the essay Um, I wouldn't really spend any longer than that in case or unless it's like a really kind of like important essay that I might really really like know that i'm going to write into my kind of like finals or something that i'm like mm. this is kind of the one then i would spend a bit longer but on average um it's difficult to let go of the perfectionist kind of streak but i say three days
1: um no yeah for sure i think relatable for many undergraduates letting go the perfection streak which we'll get back back, uh, back to you later but um yes can you <laughs> <laughs> um can you comment on like uh, roughly like compared to Um, the average uni or like some other unis like does there do you get more essays studying at um, Oxford would you say?
2: Sure I think obviously there's Cambridge I'd say I think actually has slightly more (laughs) what I've heard for at least for English I think they have slightly more Um, i say other universities definitely I think from what I've heard they kind of we don't really go into maybe like single digits in terms of maybe like kind of under 10 and basically, that term. and probably for lots of them, maybe under five. So you are definitely talking about like at least like yeah, double, um, mm-hmm. kind of the number of essays, or like maybe even triple. It really depends. Um, but yeah, I just think it's so part of kind of the Oxford's like Oxford's way in which you kind of really pay for exams that you're constantly writing. Um, they really want to kind of keep that kind of focus throughout the whole term, just because I think um, writing style I think is really important. Um, just for like taking exams and I guess for like your own development. So they, yeah, Oxford just really prioritises, I think, keeping up the writing every single week.
1: <laughs> and um, for chemistry, Megan, um, for problem sheets, how many, uh, like, and uh, just for anyone who doesn't know, problem sheets are for like most of the sciences and maths, um, a set of questions on a topic that you'd be learning um, that week um, to answer questions would be probably quite challenging and they're obviously revolved around the degree um, and um, and you have like tend to be the week uh, to do them and you might for some subjects you get more than one problem sheet well I guess that was the question I was going to ask <laughs> Megan how many problem sheets do you get per week for chemistry?
0: I mean it varies a lot with different colleges so at Trinity mm. we tend to get one problem sheet a week um, but in our other colleges um, you might get multiple problem sheets but then they'd be a bit shorter um, and so we typically have one per week so it's about eight per term um, it's more like nine per term because sometimes nine or ten per term um, because we get a few during the holidays um, that we just don't have time to do um,
1: yeah. yeah and how long How, how long would, does, does the problem sheet like take you the week would you say?
0: Um, yeah like al- alongside all of the other work mm. you're doing, like alongside labs, alongside yeah. lectures. Um it generally does take the week. Um if you do really knuckle down, you can get it down, you can get it done in plenty of time. Um mm. but obviously if it's a really busy week, it will take you the whole week to do it if you're busy with lots mm. of other things.
1: Yeah. So that's a good point. Cause like with chemistry, um you have like the labs, the two lectures every morning, a few shoots mm. with your tutor going through the work you did last week. Um, anything else i mean and then like then the problem sheets so how so then like how do you manage doing your problem sheets when you've got to when you've got all of these set in stone schedule times um timed things that you've got to do like every thursday friday you will have your six hour labs how do you manage working around that um
0: i think definitely in our case because we tend to get the problem sheets all towards the start of the term you can kind of plan it in really easily um you can look at the problem sheet and you can see with your lecture timetable oh we won't have finished the lecture course so this problem sheet is going to take me a little bit longer because I'm going to have to pre-read for it and therefore you can kind of plan it in I can say well obviously Thursday Friday I've got labs I'm not getting any of this done Mm -hmm. but I want to get it done I'm going to get it done by Wednesday and then that's like your deadline Mm -hmm. because then if I don't get it done by Wednesday, something else has come up or, you know, I've been too busy. I still have Saturday and Sunday to do it. Hmm. Um, so I think maybe just setting an earlier deadline because then it doesn't matter if you don't get it done in time is really, really helpful.
1: Yeah. So um, how important would you both say is organisation into managing the workload, uh, starting with money?
2: Ooh, I'd say organisation is kind of key. Um, <laughs> um I think there's a risk of becoming kind of too hyper organized and kind of stressing yourself out in terms of being like I've got to do everything down to the hour it's like down to the minute and like really restricting yourself um in terms of kind of yeah just making it as if kind of like you can get this done by three o'clock when I think Megan's right in terms of having that kind of like freedom on, um either side of a deadline or kind of like your own personal mm-hmm. deadlines is quite helpful so I say staying organized is like yeah incredibly important but I think it's also just not putting too much pressure on yourself because as Megan was saying as well you can find like on the weekend if you really want to catch up i think the weekend for me is personally like mm-hmm. i try not do that much work on the weekend i love taking that time off to like kind of explore things in oxford and kind of do things i probably wouldn't get time to do during like the working week but um yeah you can easily kind of in terms of organization i think during the week is where i'd be a little bit more regimented and kind of strict with myself so being like i would realistically like to get like x kind of topic on Friday afternoon but knowing that you can kind of leak into the weekend um but I'd say like yeah keeping organized is kind of very important and at least being quite strict of like if you want to finish work at like 6 p.m or 7 p.m if you want to start work at a certain time so I'd say like it's all about being realistic as well but I think um the sooner you can kind of get organized and I think also kind of keep relaxed with how you're being organized because I know quite a few people will just so much pressure on yourself to kind of get something done by a certain time and to do a certain activity in the evening but I think if you just kind of keep relaxed and kind of tell yourself I will get this done or I do actually have extra time to do this the day after um then that helps you actually kind of just stay quite relaxed and ultimately I think you'd be more likely to get it done so I think there's being organized and strict but also Mm. kind of marrying that with like um staying relaxed as well
1: yeah I think it is like a very difficult balance between like wanting to be like very organized but then also there like it, it is also like a I guess like the next level of like efficiency or is being able to say actually in this moment I am not in a fit healthy mind to do this and it wasn't planned this is unplanned and I'm going yeah. to not look at this and then actually being okay with that and not feeling guilty is like a really hard place to find I mean, like with what you were saying about um organization how I personally fit my timetable is that i mean at the moment for quarantine, I would like before lunch like get any admin stuff that I've got to do like this podcast right now um and um and after mid after midday if i if there's things that I wanted to do and I haven't managed to get them done unless they're they're bound by a deadline but, um, but if they're not bound by a deadline, I will just like leave it for tomorrow like m- after midday is you know it's too late. I'm going to move my mind on to the next thing. And then at the moment that'd be chemistry and I'll do a bit of chemistry in the afternoon. And then after like dinner and the evening starts, is like, even if there's any chemistry that I'd planned, that wants to get done. Um, it's like if the evening started and um, I'm going to like shift my focus elsewhere and that'd be normally just like know reading or like badminton, et cetera. And I think like, what you guys are saying like having scheduled times to do different things means that also gives your mind a piece like, gives your mind peace because you know like in the evening as you're saying like when you're doing the orchestra you know that's your time to relax and you can like forgive yourself for not thinking about your uni work because if you if you weren't organized then you would just always think about your uni work all the time (laughs) when you're trying to do other things um for sure
2: yeah i know completely i've always think kind of the busiest people that i know have often been the most kind of like efficient with their time and the most organized because i think it's probably something that you'll be able to glean from this conversation quite well anyway but yeah i just think sometimes not being stupidly busy um that you're going to be like kind of losing a lot of sleep over it but yeah i often think kind of the busy you are you're kind of naturally a bit strict with yourself and naturally like those deadlines just become more ingrained Mm. in kind of your general because you're so used to having to like fit things in so um yeah sometimes it's you shouldn't be too scared of being a little bit busy yeah then maybe you think you can handle and often you actually can and it just kind of helps stimulate that efficiency that you maybe wouldn't have had the kind of push to kind of discover otherwise
1: mm, no that's actually a really good point as well um would you would you agree megan or have you found that um if you're really busy with lots of things that there's because my friends have also said this that like, there's a feeling of it's okay because the work will get done no matter what if that if that makes sense I think it's
0: it's careful not to um not to try and sacrifice too much to get the work done Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: also I think what you were saying it's really important not to feel guilty um like I'm quite strict with myself as in I know I don't cope with a lack of sleep very well I can't focus I can't work and so I'm very strict I'm like it's 10 o'clock I'm not doing any more work that's it doesn't matter if it's not done um, you just kind of have to know where your limits are and it's going to bed, not feeling guilty for not having finished work is really important like not to put the pressure on yourself there's enough pressure as it is don't make it worse for yourself <laughs> you know, be, be kind to yourself um, so yeah, being able to really draw the boundaries of yeah. I cannot work, I cannot yeah. work past this, part this time these three hours are for me, to be relaxing or whatever you have to have boundaries for yourself. It's really
1: important. Wow. Uh, so obviously we do the same subject, Megan. Um, and I've always been in awe in how organised you've been. And I also wanted to ask, does does like disciplining your do, would you say and would would you both say that um, that if you, when you start to discipline yourself in having like uh, like I know getting the work done sooner rather than later, does that like does that build a momentum that it makes it easier to continue that? once you've started. Uh, So yeah, would you you agree, Megan? No, what would you say?
0: I'd I'd definitely say it makes it easier um, because, say, you know, we get the problem sheets a little bit in advance um, and so you might start one two days earlier and that then means that you've got an extra four days
1: Mm. to
0: do the next problem sheet. And so if you can start that one a little bit earlier, like it makes the whole thing a lot easier because then when you do have a really busy week, um, you know if we've got lots of labs or um, really difficult tutorials that week when you do have a busy week you can then let yourself fall back <clears> into <throat> like the normal schedule and you don't need to feel really stressed that you're falling behind because you're just falling back like into where yeah. you should be um, but obviously it's really important not to pressure yourself to work ahead too much because then you're not, actually, um, you're not actually taking any of it in if you're like I have to work two weeks ahead you're not learning anything you're just getting the work done so yeah. it is good to be organized and sometimes work ahead if you have a bit of time um but again don't pressure on yourself let yourself fall back if you're busy if you're stressed
1: yeah so i guess that, that balance of like working as much as you want to without but, but not entering that realm of stress where now mm. it's stressful and you're working uh, yeah. Marnie would you say um, about the being disciplined and planning ahead like gives a momentum that makes it easier to continue that as like a lifestyle?
2: Yeah I think 100% actually Um, like I'm in complete agreement with Megan so in terms of like staying ahead I'd say I mean for me personally as an English student if I stay maybe like around on average like like two or three days ahead or that generally translates into always being like an essay ahead um so I kind of make sure that all the work that we are set over the vacation I actually make sure I do it because I just know how like that then when I get back to term it just makes it so much easier and exactly what you were saying Megan in terms of like you get that maybe really busy week you're not actually really stressed you're not doing anything close to like an all-nighter you're actually just lapsing back into the same kind of timeline as everyone else so you're not actually as stressed you're very much still on top of it but you're just aware that like um Yeah, you're just back in like the general sort of kind of um, time span and like grind as everyone else. Um, So yeah, I'd always say staying a bit ahead is a really good thing. But it is, again, quite nice if you are kind of at the same, like not too far ahead as Megan was saying. So at least you can still talk with your peers. I find that still something that's really useful. So like if an essay is really tricky and if we need to kind of go through the reading together or kind of like it would be more fruitful to discuss what we think about the text before coming up with our essay, um, essay ideas like then there's a risk that you're kind of losing out on that sort of kind of social aspect of your subject as well so it's it's difficult to get that timing exactly right but i'd always say a couple of days or like yeah yeah an essay ahead generally seems to work because there's always a bit of an overlap um that someone is going to have read the text but maybe you're in the planning stages so at least you can still kind of talk about it but um i'd say that yeah just really in agreement with megan it just means when you get to like a really busy week it's not like a massive wave you're actually just like okay you can kind of still like surf along it and it's not too stressful.
1: So like I think the one thing that we've like both been like we're talking around about is that how doing like pre-planning like planning ahead is like making like your self-imposed deadlines rather than working to the deadline Mm. and obviously that requires like a lot of discipline but um, would you both say that after you do that enough times that it can become habit and that it's just how you do your work? Like with these self-imposed deadlines that's not always hard if that makes sense it's the first yeah. time
0: i definitely say that is kind of how i'm used to working now like initially it feels a bit silly um, mm. you know like why am i working ahead but it is it's quite normal i'm used to working to my own deadlines now so it doesn't mm. feel like i'm under loads of pressure
1: yeah would you agree marnie
2: yeah completely the same i think i always try to aim for like half a day or a day before um mm. normally kind of on the side of the whole day before yeah as megan said it's just kind of like your own deadline's always going to be obviously kind of ahead of um the basis deadline um mm. and yeah it's just it's just really helpful because then you do have yeah that breathing room and, yeah it just falls mm-hmm. onto everything but i do think it does become habit because you can't help but then adjust to your time i think it's then even it'll be trickier to almost not once you get that momentum once mm. you're kind of prioritizing your deadlines um I think my tutors still find it a bit bizarre because none of the other students really do it but like I'm always like ahead which is fine but I think it yeah it just takes off that kind of I know then that I'm not going to get like a slap on the wrist for like being late which is also Mm -hmm. kind of like you just don't want that on the tutor's behalf like I want the best feedback possible and like the best rapport with them so like it feeds into that culture as well so it's like they know that you're taking subjects seriously but also on your own behalf you're keeping organized and like happier and healthier like mentally not Mm. like being stressed about deadlines so it is a good yeah i think you just your like kind of mind and body prefers that way of kind of working and like alleviating the stress i think you just kind of want more of that Mm. so i always find i just can actually add that on every turn
1: i think also like um pretty very much against the grain of pretty much everything we've just been talking about but so, in my first year i 'd say that I was very much similar to what you both were saying about working ahead self imposed deadlines I always enjoyed that breathing room and then, like second year, workload got very intensive chemistry, and I learned a new skill of um, being able to enjoy that adrenaline of the deadline and um and um I if you if you if I was able to see the deadline as not stressful because the end of the day it 's just a piece of work like my tutors aren't going to they're just gonna like if I was to be a bit late they're probably actually almost always very understanding so there's like there's actually nothing there's it's not the end of the world by far and I think I know a lot of other people as well I mean it's a it's not something to do all the time definitely but I think you can there's sometimes where you have this feeling that oh I've got to get the work done now and that can be enjoyable if you do if you see that as like a non from a non-stressful point of view you can like enjoy that rush you hand it in and then you can like relax. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember, because I remember in first year, if, um, because I always worked a little bit ahead, um, if there was like, I had like an hour or two hours left to the deadline, um, hour or two hours left to the deadline, um, uh, um, I would always um, feel like, oh no, I've only got like two hours left. It's too stressful. I'm not going to be able to get this question done. I'm just going to hand it in as is. Um, and so I also, so being able to sort of be like being calm with how little time you've got left and getting it done is also like a different aspect of um, <laughs> managing your workload like a non, from a non-stressful point of view. Um, so going back on uh, what you were saying, uh, Marnie, about um, working with um, other people and how it can like the social side um, being really nice. Um, I just wanted to ask you both, um, what are the pros and cons of studying with others and the studying with others, how does that affect with managing the workload, um, starting with Megan?
0: I say def- like it's mostly pros. Um, a lot of the time, like particularly with problem shoots or with um, labs, um, mm. you kind of have to work with other people to get it done. Um, you know, problem sheets there might be one question that I find super easy and I understand straight away mm. and I can do it, but then the next one I can't understand at all. And so working with someone else means you're much more likely to both be able to understand all the questions and you can, like having someone else explain it to you and explain it to someone else can really help you understand it properly. Mm. And definitely with labs, you know, a lot of the questions are kind of subjective based on your data. And so getting a second opinion can be really, really useful. Mm. <clears throat> um, but obviously sometimes, you know, if, if you're doing different problem sheets, you can't work together. Mm, yeah. And sometimes it it can make you a little bit less efficient just because obviously like a discussion is less efficient than just doing it
1: yourself but way more pros and cons yeah i think it was also uh, a good point you were saying about um the problem sheet um i think there's there's a massive difference between like copying your friend's answer answer and just copying it word for words and then like not and then like moving on compared and like because then you're doing that because you don't want you you don't you're afraid of what the tutor would say if you given no work um which also like as a whole idea doesn't doesn't completely make sense to me at least because your tutor doesn't have like it's your degree like they like whatever they think Mm. doesn't really matter but um so there's a difference between (laughs) there's a difference between um (laughs) copying someone and asking someone like oh have you done this question oh you have like Mm. can you explain it to me and then like and keep asking them for that explanation until then you then understand it. And then, mm-hmm. and, then, and then that builds the idea of like two brains are better than one, and you've done like half of the work, someone else has done the 25% you haven't, and you learned from them and you just learn, then you come into your chute with like 75% of the work done and 75% of the work understood, which is better than mm-hmm. the amount you would have understood by yourself, um, in my opinion. Yes, so def- absolutely. Yeah. um how does it work how would you say a money for humanities um is it similar hmm.
2: yeah I'd say re- I think definitely more pros and cons because I think also working with people they like force you to really take that time out so like taking a break together like I think I can sometimes get like really lost in thought lost in my work and it will go from like two in the afternoon to six in the evening I'm like oh wow and I just don't really like it is good because the focus is there but then it is so nice when you're with a friend and you're both maybe both know your focus is waning and like you would know that if you're on your own you might just go on your phone and you're a bit like that's a waste of time but if you're like really strict with a friend sometimes you can be like okay we're both getting a bit annoying now let's just kind of go outside go for a little like five minute walk maybe like grab a coffee have a chat and then go back so I think that's something I've really appreciated working with friends because you're both like yeah just really helping each other out like maybe um with humanities it's a little trickier to kind of have that same rapport in terms of always being able to help each other out with like problem sheets because I think a lot mm. of the time you're on completely different kind of concepts and ideas that you're wanting to focus on in your essay so it doesn't always translate that well to helping each other but maybe on like that mental social side I find it really good but I think again it does also depend on what stage of work you're at so sometimes if I'm like I've really really got to just like focus like just do me for the next like couple of hours and not work with anyone then I will just kind of go off if it's like mm. maybe really kind of like dense material to read through which I know that like I wouldn't even listen to music and like work at the same time too and I always listen to music that sort of work I wouldn't really work with someone I'd try my hardest to like find a dark hole in the library and just kind of (laughs) get down to it so um yeah 100% though I think libraries are that like lovely welcoming space to like work people and I think the whole idea of the library anyway like really supports that you should be working with people for the majority of the time I think it's really nice to do that um And yeah, I think it's a general kind of a little nice dash of peer pressure as well. Because if everyone's working around you (laughs) and if your friends are actually really focused, you're like, oh, I I really should focus as well. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. It it is like, no, sorry. I know, I just want to
2: say, yeah. So basically in a a complete agreement with Megan, (laughs) again, like, yeah, (laughs) studying with people is really good.
1: I think it's it's definitely so true how encouraging it is working, working in the library and especially if you're with your friends. they're working as well because then you don't have to find that motivation by yourself it's so much easier when you're going with someone I think it's also um, a good point that you made about um, sometimes you do just need to like focus with your work Um, so I know that if I'm like working with other people with a problem sheet um, I think a lot of people what they'll do is that they'll give a problem sheet a real good crack by themselves um, and then once you've done that gone over the sheets then you'll come together to compare answers and I think that's like Really productive way, because um, because sometimes if I try to start a problem sheet with someone else, I do, I do personally, and I think a lot of people feel like this that sometimes you just need that space to just be able to go into it by yourself because you can't really focus if your friend's there who's also doing the same work because there's that temptation of talking and then talking not on the topic and then you're just talking and you're not doing the whereas I like, Discussing over your answers. I mean, yeah, they're two very different things, and I definitely agree that sometimes you just need to knuckle down. And working with someone who's wh- who's doing the same work as you can be like a distraction sometimes, depending on wh- how you how you um, meet them. But then to combat that, I personally, <coughs> as you're saying about the library, um, really like <coughs> working next to people, my friends um, who are doing different subjects, because so, like we'll go to the library, go to our work. Um, and we'd like do the work We're still doing the work independently. I'm doing that work that, um, I need to really focus, but, um, I'm still with someone. And as that's like, I think that's so much, uh, nicer a lot of the time than working by myself, unless i really need complete, uh, isolation, which would be a, yeah. Uh, grinding out that hard deadline, uh, coming up, coming up. Um, so something that we are talking about before, um, and I think is really integral about uh, managing a uh, workload. Um, How important is efficiency um, with uh, managing your workloads? Um, So yeah, starting starting with Megan. Um,
0: Efficiency is really key. There have been, like particularly in first year, I think when I haven't quite figured it out, there have been times where you can spend the whole day doing something and you just sit back and go, I've done nothing. I've I've got nothing done today. Um, And it's really demoralizing. And so it's really important, like, if you're feeling like that, if you're not being efficient, you know, change where you're working. Um, go to a different library, work in your room, maybe work in a cafe, or um, try and see a friend, or go for a walk to, like, really reset your headspace. Because if you're working and you're not being... if you're not really getting anything done, you're just going to stress yourself out if you keep hmm. working, keep trying to get stuff done. So it's really important that you kind of recognise... I'm not in the right headspace to work. I need to reset, go do something else for half an hour or see a friend or something, and then when you come back, um, you can actually get work done and you can feel
1: much better about it. So are we in a common agreement that more hours on spending on work does not necessarily equal uh, the right right way for, right way forward? Um, yeah
0: more hours yeah, is not more work done
1: yes that's that's a better way of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> As yeah, as a lot more concise. Um, and yeah, Ma- um, Marnie, how have how have you? Um, how do you uh, be efficient? I guess um, with your work. Is there anything specific to things you can do?
0: I think it's almost quite just
2: silly, quite basic things. But I think going back to like maybe having a really good kind of like playlist to work to as well. So I'm that sort of person that have like has to listen to music because so I know that I'd always get more distracted not listening to music. Um is one of I guess it's guess it's, it's a kind of a character trait. Um so always getting quite a good playlist. Um generally um like classical or jazz because like no other is quite nice. So that always it kind of doesn't necessarily get a rhythm into your work, but like it's just a really nice kind of like supporting and just makes kind of um if your mind does wander, it's always wandering to quite a nice kind of like musical place and you can always go back. So like your mind's kind of not getting too distracted by your surroundings either, because I just feel like I'm in my little bubble. Um, how else would I stay efficient? I think it's what helps me is not giving myself like um so when I come like plan my day, I don't do it down to the hour. I feel like that's even more stressful. If someone's like, Oh, I've got to do this between ten and eleven. I'm like, I'll give myself like two blocks of time. So just like the morning and the afternoon. And it sounds like counterintuitive, but actually giving yourself a wider expanse of time, you're then I end up doing it quicker cause it's just less of a pressure. And then I actually end up having more time. So I think um, giving yourself that flexibility is often just a nice way to like relax yourself into going into the work rather than starting that work immediately quite stressed and quite intimidated by the fact that you set yourself a kind of ridiculous kind of like hour to do something. Um, and I think also kind of simple things that you'll be told like <laughs> your whole life, but just eating well, sleeping is so important. Um, doing the exercise, be it in the morning or the evening, um, having always like a bottle of water as well and like um, I think also the environment's really really important so as Megan was saying earlier like if you are genuinely just not focusing in a particular environment or if it's a bit kind of dingy or it isn't, isn't just particularly inspiring really good to move somewhere where like I find the libraries are often the most like, busiest I like the most because like you often get kind of a whole range of like academics when are like, really serious you can see they're just like they're working hard and you kind of feel like I need to kind of like make it kind of worth my time being here and also like you kind of I guess it's a very like um you kind of feel like you just have to be on that level of the professors so then you're like really like trying to like work hard as well so I think it is a combination of like not really anything specific in terms of like it's not really an intelligence thing but you're just if you're like you just think maybe you're really really clever you can just be more efficient it's definitely simple mm. things like to do with, like your health and like your physical surroundings and like um yeah, I'd say those are actually the key things. Um, I wouldn't really attribute it to anything, Like you're a superhuman. It's just really kind of like, um, kind of basic
1: things to do with your health really. I think also like, um, one thing that I really relate to what you are saying is that, uh, I think changing your environment throughout the day of where you're working just feels like, feels like you're starting again, like you're starting work, but really you had been just working the whole day, but you're just, mm-hmm. you just changed where you're, and I would like bounce between cafes and libraries. And it does really does feel like a new, fresh set of energy um especially you like to get a little like a little treat from the cafe as well then you actually do have a yeah. fresh set of energy um mm-hmm. but yeah no definitely because like it, it compared to staying in the one place throughout the whole day i mean some people that might be what make, works for them and definitely do what works for you regardless of what anyone else says um to an extent um but uh i think yeah uh, if i worked in the same place throughout the whole day i would i would really know. And feel that I've been doing this for a long time um, personally. Um, Megan, uh, so we talked about perfectionism earlier today and um, how does the perfectionist um, fit in at Oxford and the workloads that Ox- Oxford gives?
0: Um, it would be, it's it's very hard to maintain like the perfectionist standards. Um, you know, maybe maybe starting out in first year, I had very high standards because you arrive at Oxford and you feel like you have to prove yourself. You feel like I have to prove that I deserve to be here. And so, like, all my work's got to be as good as it can be. Um, but you kind of just have to, you kind of have to teach yourself to let go a bit and just say, you know what, if not finishing this question is going to be better for my mental health, then I'm just not going to finish the question. And you have to not feel guilty about that. Um, mm. You have to learn like, not to feel guilty about not being able to do everything perfectly, 100% all of the time. And it's okay if you need to email your tutor and say, hey, I couldn't finish the problem sheet this week. That's mm. fine. You just have to like, really learn not to feel guilty about it because mm. I'm sure some people can do everything perfectly. But most people would really struggle. And so you have to be mm. kind to yourself and recognize, I just need to take a break.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, that's what, like, that's what the tutorial's for as well for those, mm. for that bit that you couldn't do. So, like, I know mm. going to the cheat tut- with like having questions to ask and things that you haven't completed is in like the whole point. Um, mm. But then I guess also from a more understanding point of view, it can be stressful if you feel like you haven't done enough work. But then, as you said, I completely agree that almost all tutors are very understanding and you can always email them. Um, Marnie, well, how would you say about like, would you agree with Megan or is there anything else you want to add? Hmm.
2: I'd say even like more so like reconciling with yourself that like, the perfectionist just can't really survive in Oxford. Like, I think humanity's like pushes that even, I think, further along. because I think very much similar. I came into... Oxford thinking I've got like this has got to be like a work of art but then I think with humanities you can't like you just can't and I think very rarely do people kind of get over kind of 70, 72 out of 100 like not really that kind of um, commonplace so I think very early on you get a very realistic sense that like it's not like kind of doing A-levels like they're going to be kind of like coming close to getting like 100% Um, just the way that humanities is marked and the way in which Maybe for like a commentary actually taking a bad transition. Obviously that's a little bit more kind of black and white in terms of if you're just right or not, but very generally speaking, because I think the whole essence of humanity is subjective, you yeah, you just can't really be a perfectionist because again, go back to um kind of the whole purpose of kind of tutorials, that's where you can like I think like better your understanding and like go to those niche places that maybe you're really struggling to do in your research but again that's not going to translate into just because you know all this now that's going to be like 100% like you're still going to have to it takes I think so like several months and years to like really get to place where like um you're kind of content with the fact that like um you're just never going to get to like that 100% if you manage these but you do learn quickly that much even well so like it's a weird mix and like you still can't help but sometimes try and be a perfectionist but I think for me it's taken like yeah, I'd say it's taken like the two years, but I've now just kind of been content that like I realistically know that like I'm not like they mark it in the way in which I think you'd mark kind of a authentic, like genuine scholarly kind of like article. I think they kind of mark that same sort of degree of kind of um, like that highbrow sort of um, marking system. So yeah, I think it's just, yeah, unless you're kind of like a fully fledged academic by the time you get to Oxford, like I've now probably learned that like not going to happen. Um, and that generally yeah what you're producing is there's always kind of like doing your best is ultimately something like you always get like pushed down your throat but it's so true like you can really only do your best
1: um yeah yeah exactly that's very true uh cliche but it's like cliche for a reason um (laughs) but um what i was gonna say um with the i think it's also there's like a point where when you're doing your work like a problem sheet or an essay and you feel like okay this time to stop because I have actually spent enough, like too many hours on this. And like knowing that, I think that for me at least helps managing my workloads that um, even though this isn't to the degree that I wanted it to be, but um, like I've spent like, I've done my like 40 or however many hours this week, or I've done however many hours on this worksheet or all this one particular question, like the one question shouldn't take the same amount of time as the half of the other uh, problem sheet. And like knowing that, and having that security that I'm going to move on from, <laughs> move on from this, uh, I think it's something that we can all relate to for sure. Um, so um, coming towards the end now, um, this is quite an interesting question. Um, so when is it time to ask help from, uh, from your peers who's studying the same subject or your tutors when you're doing your work? So yeah. When, when do you think it's time to like, you're struggling and when's it time to reach out basically um starting with money
2: hmm that's an really interesting question um i'd actually go as close as to say just whenever you want i feel like obviously maybe let's say quite crudely you've got like three days to do this essay maybe give it a day to really try and get to grips dig into all the material really get a sense of like the scope of this particular like project or essay but like generally i'd say like any time is okay because I just think tutors know that you have like a life outside of just doing the work and I think everyone's obviously like just going to be particularly good at different things so there might just be different topics that not just not going to come as naturally to you so I would yeah I go as far as to say like really at any point as long as you kind of had a really good dig at something before or if this has been like quite a continuous problem and it is more of a timing issue that's kind of developed over time like yeah over time um, or if it is just a lack of motivation and that's something that's built up as well um, or just generally kind of struggling to kind of like mm. marry the content with the actual like maybe problem shoot or essay like yeah I would think just to be really understanding I think they do as busy as they are they will put that the hours into you and they do really want you to succeed so I think reaching out 100% is really encouraged and I say like time isn't really the kind of I'd say kind of um, entry point that I'd kind of target here I think it would be more just kind of like um, just kind of whatever kind of works with you, your own timeline of kind of like struggles and intensity of that struggle. So, yeah, it could maybe be a few days into the new term. It could be like a few weeks. But I think ultimately, um, yeah, seeking help far better than just yeah. trying to cope on your own.
1: Yeah. So, And one of the things that you said is actually extremely uh, relatable uh, for the sciences is how, um, yeah, def- I completely agree as well. At, at any time um, you can, if you want to reach out um, beforehand, definitely do ideally after you've given a good crack at it because it's like I know maths and sciences you just look at a question and you're like what is going on and it's very tempting to just instantly reach out for help but then like just sort of like calming yourself down yes it looks like a foreign language and it's supposed to be your degree and just like uh, <laughs> and just getting your teeth into it and then after that um, reaching out for help I know my, my sixth form teacher he wouldn't help us if he felt like we hadn't tried. But if he'd seen that we'd given it a decent crack, then he would be happy to help us. But he did, he turned away a lot of students and I think that made us better for it for sure. Um, Megan, would you agree with what Marnie said about, um, is there anything else to add?
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, but just to say, don't leave it too late. Um, because you know, you've had a really good crack at it, but as Marnie said, say so it's like mm. three days you've got to do this essay. If you wait until two and a half days in, there's only so much they can do. So obviously make sure you've had a good crack at it, but just don't leave it too late. Um, mm-hmm. Because like tutors would be much happier to be able to arrange a time to go through something than have to just say, okay, well, the deadline's coming up, so let's just talk about it later.
1: Yeah, exactly. Much better.
0: Just don't leave it too late.
1: Yeah, especially if you're asking your tutor because they're going to be busy. You have to wait for their email to come back. This is all time that could have been like you could have saved before, and I completely agree. And also, one thing that we'll, we've all said about how tutors are very understanding is, if anything um, like personal happens in our lives, like anything, and it like disrupts our disrupts our work, our tutors like will want to know, like we're human beings as well, and um, and they're completely understanding that like life happens, and like you might need to take some time off. Like, t- I know I've done that. I know other people who have, and um, and like it's definitely better because your tutors like. These users can't know that you're going through a tough time if you don't tell them. Um, or you don't, and you don't have to tell them the details. Just as as short as like, oh, something's happened. Um, I don't want to talk about it, but this is a tougher week. And then that's all you need to really say. Um, one last question I wanted to ask. Um, so um, there's a. I think sometimes whether it's a you've got an essay to do, and you, so this is from a perspective where you haven't started your work yet. And you've either got an essay to do or your whole problem sheet, and it's very intimidating. How do you get yourself mm-hmm. to start? And how do you make that massive objective less um, frightening? Because I think that this is a universal feeling of how we don't mm-hmm. want to we don't want to start our work. It's very daunting. And how do you how do you tackle that, uh, Marnie? If you want to go first. Mm-hmm.
2: This is very personal to me. Sorry, I'm not sure this (laughs) will work for everyone, but good cup of coffee, get my favorite music going. Um, Even as silly things as like, (laughs) like wearing my favorite jumper or like feeling really good. It's all about, again, I think it's just linking it so much to like a mental thing. Like, Mm. and I think also sometimes starting that work in the morning, like again, it's like not trying to start this in the evening and then you're like, oh, I kind of want to get to bed now, I want my own time. Very much like that sort of like, um, early birds cliche like kind of the fresh kind of coffee good breakfast um making sure you do take that kind of like half an hour hour, hour of that like ritual getting in the morning because then you've already taken that like mm. lovely sort of time out of yourself and you feel so much more ready for it rather than if you're getting up a bit late stressed you're not having time to late your and you're like just whipping on some like I don't know fairly unclean clothes and like rushing to the library to get a seat or something mm. so I think it's just all about how you like set yourself up because ultimately getting that motivation I think will come from going somewhere um for me it's often just not working in my room and going to a different environment but also just feeling really good when I'm doing that as well so Mm -hmm. I think it comes to all the really small things that just all like add up together um but in terms of actually like if it is actually just something you're really not interested in that is obviously when it does get really quite hard but I think that's when I think I'm lucky that for humanities I can then if topic I'm in I really discover a niche quite early on that's more interesting for me um, slightly difficult more difficult to do when you've just started because you don't know exactly the boundaries of how you can do that but again I think it's all those sort of like mental like um, things you can do in the morning but then also trying to find the area and the topic which will keep making that work bearable um, so yeah if it's a particular genre that you don't like just trying to find a quite random sort of like um, technique that writers use that you can just really focus on so yeah I say oh, that's nice. how I keep it quite um, keep motivation
1: up and like yeah, keep work interesting. Nice. There's a, a very nice, like unique perspective on how like yeah, how you personally like use like the idea of like make like feeling good to then like and like then also like motivate yourself to, to work. So very interesting. Uh Megan, how would you what would you say about tackling tackling that impossible quantum mechanics question? I mean you don't find quantum well anyways, yeah, back to the topic. <laughs> back to the topic. Yeah.
0: Um, I think it does really depend on what it is because like with you know some problem sheets you just really don't understand the topic and it can be really really hard if you know you hate this topic I'm really bad at it it can be really really hard to motivate to do um, so I think you know if it's a problem sheet it's really important to break it up into little bits I find sometimes starting on the hardest question start hmm. at the end Because then you're like, you know what? It can't get any worse. Mm. This is the worst it can get. I don't understand anything, but this is the worst it can get. Um, And so maybe, you know, starting from the end might not work for you, but maybe changing how you approach the problem sheet could really help. So rather than thinking, I have to go one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, if you can look through and find, oh, I can do question three straight away. That can kind of give you the little boost that you need to get the rest of it done. Mm. Um, so just changing how you approach the problem sheet can really, really help.
1: Well, yeah, I, I really agree with that actually as well. Like, or, um, With my cheat sheets, I would, uh, problem sheets, I would um, like read, at least like read all the questions mm. and maybe next to the lecture notes and then like circle which pages I think are relevant. So then when mm. I go back to the question, I've like notified what pages I need to go to, to like find and like, maybe find the answer. Um, and then there's that idea of like, especially as a, like doing the hardest question in an exam first because when you can't do it and then you're doing other questions it is true that your brain is still in the background ticking over mm. that question and then you might have that light bulb moment. So yeah, like, whereas if you'd left that hard question last and you haven't got that much time, it's hard to, you can't go on that, you can't go for that walk and just sort of like think loosely and then the idea comes to you because you don't have the time to do that. Um, I think um and personally I like did some reading recently about how to tackle this like how to go from zero from not doing anything to starting your um cheat sheet and one thing I found and I found that like, extremely useful is um instead of instead of like looking at like the mountain they've got to climb like, and thinking about oh I've got to do this whole problem sheet or this whole essay um they were suggesting that. To, do, to just work for like 20 or 25 minutes and um, and just like, say to yourself, oh, I'm just going to work for 25 minutes. And that is like my aim. Take like, Then I like, take like a five minute break and then do another 25 minutes. And then then you get yourself started. The momentum will build. After like 20 minutes, you actually might feel, oh, actually, I actually want to keep going. I don't want, I'm feeling a bit, this is restricting me. And then all of a sudden you've like started, like you're, you've got this momentum and you're right in the thick of it now. And um I think that way is sort of like it's a lot less daunting. Uh be like working for 20 minutes is a lot less daunting than having to start and finish this essay or this problem sheet, I find at least. Um but um I think that's yeah, that's that's all the questions that we've um gone through. And that's all that we've got time for today. Um thank you so much, um, both of you for a very interesting conversation. I mean this is one of those interesting podcasts that's actually really useful for prospective students and current students at uni so i'm sure like lots of people will find like what we um, what you guys said um very interesting um but yeah um, and thanks for the viewers for watching whether it's on the on the podcasting platform or youtube or instagram um but yeah thanks marnie um thanks megan um and we'll see you guys next time